0: This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life Made Better. I am Personally, super excited to have these amazing guests with us today, which is no other than Noor J. Redders. And I'm so sorry because I'm sure I've butchered your <laughs> name, Nor. Uh, so, Nor and I met uh, what now feels like a lifetime ago. We were both working for Universal Pictures in London. And her energy, her Dutch honesty, and that wild spirit of hers made it impossible not to love her the very minute that you met her. And so we became good friends. She's worked with the biggest entertainment studios, managed teams around the world, and then moved back home to Amsterdam when she found love and had a beautiful boy. Noje, welcome to Life Made Better and thank you for being with us today. Well, Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm sure our audience would love to hear uh, a little bit more about you, your journey, your path, and what eventually led you to to where you are today, if you want to share.
0: Yeah, sure. So I think maybe for the listeners, it's interesting to know if you hear the little accent, it's because I'm Dutch. So I grew up in Amsterdam, but with a French mother. Uh, My name doesn't give it away, but I'm half French. (laughs) But yeah, a little bit more Dutch bluntness in me because I grew up here and uh, started studying uh, international business. One of the reasons I started uh, international business was because I was half French, so it was sort of a, a combination for me to um, yeah, combine both of my cultures, as I could go uh, study abroad in France for a year, which was amazing, obviously, because studying abroad is, I think, one of the best things you can do, and I would recommend it to everyone. So, yeah, I started to do international business, not because I wanted to do it, just because I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was 18. And I was like, well, this sounds nice and I can go to France. So let's go for it. And I actually ended up loving it because it was international. So it was only 40% Dutch people in our class and the rest was foreign students. Yeah, so straight away I felt at home because, you know, you've, when you're, I think, half something, you always feel a bit different. So, uh, yeah, I could be myself, uh, discover new cultures and 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 learn at the same time. So for me, that was the right fit without knowing it would be such a, a great fit. And then in my third year, I went to France, uh, enjoyed it a lot. Finally got to discover, because, you know, you're half French, you get the culture on holidays, etc. But now I was living there, which is like completely different, but also, yeah, very fulfilling because it was sort of, Yeah. Completing a part of me that the French part was in me and I could sort of feel it now in in a different way. And that's why I also decided to do my internship uh, in France, which was in Paris. And I actually started my career at a very young age, because I was 22, started an internship uh, at the Yves Rocher Group, uh, which is a cosmetics brand, number one cosmetics brand in France. And I was actually uh, working on the Dr. Pierre Rico team, which is uh, a an, an, number one anti-aging brand in France. I always say that's why I still look so young. I'm 41 now, but you can't see it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um <laughs> started my career there. Started with an internship. Within two months, they actually offered me the job, so uh, I stayed. Which was uh, so I went for six months in Paris. Ended up staying ten years in Paris, which was not the plan, but that's how life goes, right? And then I worked there for five years. Amazing, also international team. Um, I was actually doing direct marketing. Yves uh, is uh, is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it used to be like a more postal service brand where you could receive an email and then or sorry a, a post and then you had like all these cosmetics and then you could choose which one you would buy and then send it back and then receive it they were starting just starting online which was not a big thing in uh, 2002 yet <laughs> still mm. hard to imagine now but it was the beginning so basically, I was responsible for all the Benelux, which is, uh, for those who don't know, Benelux stands for Belgium, Netherlands and Luxembourg customers, which is obviously French and Dutch. And with my background, I was the ideal candidate to um, make those mailings uh, in, in Dutch and in French. So, yeah, I started there with nice international team, cosmetics oriented people from yeah, big companies like L'Oreal worked there too, um, Yves Saint Laurent, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So there were like lots of interesting cases also, uh, or you would learn a lot, not only from the Yves group, but also from other cosmetics group because it was such a diverse team. And in that sector, people tend to job hop, a bit like the entertainment sector, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit of a resemblance. Oh yeah, from one brand to another. But after five years, I, I was a bit done. I also felt Because actually, I was a foreigner in their eyes, my career was quite limited there. It was a very French company, and they had to get used to being international quite a bit. And the international team was not valued, I think, as they should be, because if you think of it, everyone in the international team was bilingual or trilingual, uh, you know, did amazing studies as well. But just because we were not French and didn't do the French schools, yeah, it was a bit of an elite thing where it you had to have done the French school or be French to sort of grow in that company. It's changed now. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But at that time, I felt for me, it was not going anywhere further. So then I looked for another job and then this amazing thing came on my path, which was uh, Universal Pictures. <laughs> and that for me, I think, was the real beginning of my career, not only because it was just amazing. The team in Paris, So I was still in Paris, was amazing, an amazing team, quite an older team, if I can say, in the sense that people who start to work there tend to stay in the position, because I think it's so much fun. And there uh, being international was not a problem. That was actually, you know, something people would cheer upon. And I was very, very lucky to have an amazing manager, which is uh, Mike Bertina, a little shout out to him, who was, I think who is still because i still know him obviously we became good friends but he he was the definition of you know the best energy you can get in an office like he was always going for it passionate and he would just take you on his train uh, to like do amazing things and become the best thing you can be the best part of yourself and yeah, he's he taught me so much, not only on a professional way but also on a personal level. He gave me confidence. Yeah, basically, always taught me you can, you know, you're the best and you can be the best, and not in an arrogant way, but just you know, motivational way. And yeah, I think he he sort of was the kickstarter of my real career in the sense that he he made me see what I was capable of and and what I could be. And after, I don't know how long, a few years, he left, which I was really sad about, but he had a great opportunity elsewhere in the the gaming industry. And uh, I was then promoted to um, get his job. So it was also an opportunity for me. And then I became uh, head of new release films uh, for the Benelux also, because it was based in Paris, but we were responsible for Benelux. I did that for some time. I don't have the dates in my head, sorry.
2: (laughs) I think
0: we'll forgive Uh, you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was just nice, you know, working on on movies, working on on new releases, traveling a lot, obviously back and forth to Amsterdam, to Belgium, but also to the UK. And whilst I I did some things in the UK, uh, I met people there and really loved the UK team as well. And at one point, one person was going on maternity cover and i was told there was a job opening and someone said well you know richard Berniston who said yeah. to me well why don't you apply for the job and i was like okay well let's you know let's try this and very exciting because i was there was five internal people who were who applied for the job so a bit stressful so i did my best to prepare uh yeah the job how do you say interview as as good as i could and luckily, apparently I was the only one who did because I got the job and it was said to me, well, you were the only internal person who treated this as, you know, they were an external candidate and really prepared like where most others thought, well, you know me kind of thing. So, uh but then the, the trickiest part was to tell my team in France <laughs> that I wanted to leave and they had to, you know, uh, so my boss at the time, Eric, had to, if he said no, I wouldn't be able to leave. So that was also a tricky thing because, as I said, the French team is very, you know, very tight team and very close team and it's always hard for them to have someone leave. But luckily enough, the word spread that I had did such a good interview. So in the end, Eric uh, was very proud of me and said, well, yeah, you can go. And, he had know, no rep- other
1: choice. That let you no to other us. Choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so then I started in the in the UK for an yeah, international marketing director role, which was a big challenge. A new team, very high level team. Uh, you know, I was still very young at the time also an older team uh, with people with a lot of experience and all of a sudden you're responsible for validating you know worldwide marketing plans which is you know crazy and working on artwork and calling you know with directors and and actors and etc which is i think you know was amazing obviously but also yeah stressful and and uh you know you you want to do the job uh, as well as you can because you know you you have your team in France to represent and yourself to represent. And uh, yeah, you don't want to let them down for giving you this amazing opportunity. But I loved it. It was, yeah, obviously Lucy it was my colleague. So, you know, sh- shining light every morning, uh, you know, to cheer up the day. But uh, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I learned so much. It was an amazing team also. It was very cool to work with all these universal teams worldwide also again learned so much from my team and also I think if actually there's one thing I wanna say as a giveaway through my whole career, for me the most important thing has always been my colleagues. And I think if you have, you know, people around you that you can laugh with, that you can cry with, that, you know, that give you the opportunity to, to be yourself every day because you, you see your colleagues more than than you see your partner or your kids or whatever uh, if you have a full-time job like that and for me that's always been my yeah my drive is to be surrounded about, uh, with people who i would learn from or would motivate me but would also as i said make me laugh make me cry whatever but just to feel this this human part of the job i think uh, that that's always been very important to me and i think when it's not there and i i will go to that a bit later then for me the job becomes really hard um, yeah so I've always been someone who's yeah tried to I'm not saying make friends with your colleagues it's not the most important thing but I think it's important to be yourself and feel comfortable enough around the people uh, you work with sort of so uh, um, absolutely
1: I there's so many beautiful nuggets on what you said there no i, I just want to pause for a minute and reflect on a couple of things that you've said because I think what I'm hearing is part of kind of following that inner color like in a way as you were saying at the beginning being half of something you realize that you were unique i'm going to call it and kind of like you know deciding to explore that uniqueness and following that path to say okay i know part of me belongs in this french culture i want to investigate this further so i think that curiosity and having that open heart to say let's just see where that gets us is one of the things that you know we uh, we truly encourage people to do just be curious the other thing I'm hearing is connection, is whether it's been, as you would just now say in finding the people around you that will encourage you to be yourself and do the things as you do. That is such an important part. And I think we'll explore that a bit farther. But also I want to highlight the, the sort of coaching or mentor element that we sometimes forget especially in the corporate side a lot of people know how to be bosses not many know how to be leader and mentors and I think that is so important to also call out so for any person on a leadership role listening to this podcast today please 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 don't underestimate the power and the impact that you can have on your employees, on your workforce, on those around you. If instead of being a boss, you become a coach, you become a mentor.
2: I was thinking when you said that, Lucia, we we always talk about self-leadership. And you know, you seem to have that self-leadership, you know, very naturally you were able to plug into. I mean, Lucia mentioned the the curiosity, the connection. But I would also add like you are courageous and calm and confident that all things you need to lead because if you're panicking and you're stressed and you're not able to be yourself, which you mentioned a lot, you cannot be the best person at work because you can't think straight. You can't make good decisions. You've got no clarity. So I think that's a really good point that Lucia made. And the fact that you naturally had that without even realizing they were the kind of like
0: your superpowers. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, and that's, I mean, obviously my opinion, what, what the problem is often in companies and in the world anyways, is that we all want people to be a certain way or want them to fit in, you know, in, in the rat race or whatever you want to call it. And you have to be like this or, or be like that. But actually, what by doing that, you're restricting development of people. And I think as a manager which i've obviously I'll, I'll get to that after my london um period i i became a manager for me it was always very important that my team would you know get the self-confidence that they could do things and not rely on me as a boss but more as a coach or you know that there was room for bad days there was room for uh, emotions etc and i think unfortunately in a lot of times, there isn't. You know, you're not allowed to cry at the job, or you're not allowed to become angry, or you're not allowed to be your crazy self, or whatever. You know, and and I think if you want to get the best out of people, you have to accept everyone's different and see what their strength is and what their drive is, and sort of help them see that so they can sort of thrive with it. That's nice, so
1: beautifully put, and I I would like to uh, to. Dig into that, note if you if you don't mind, because I think that is also very important after your time here in, in London, you moved back to, to Amsterdam, you were offered a, a position with the team there, which we'll get into a minute. But I think part of what you did there, which you just alluded to, was becoming that uh, leadership role, that coaching guiding force, if you wish, for the team that was there. And I think I'm not saying this was your case, but sometimes people also, uh, those who are allow themselves to go into that place, also have a, a sort of blur line into taking a lot of that on themselves in the sense that the pick up on whatever the team is carrying, their energy, their struggles. Um, and I know you've got that kind nurturing essence as well, whereby you try and do the best for others. And sometimes that means that we're not not doing the best for us.
0: Um, yeah, you lose yeah. yourself. Um, I mean, maybe we can can move on to what what happened after. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because, uh, i'm looking forward to the next installment yeah yeah so uh, this there's no so now we're like happy Nordja! you know <laughs> joke no i'm joking so obviously it, i was doing a maternity cover in in the uk so when that person came back the the challenge or, or the job for me stopped and uh, i had some conversations beforehand with the french team saying uh well with everything that i've done in london i don't feel comfortable coming back to my old role which was initially the idea and then I was asked because there was the team in Amsterdam that was struggling quite a bit to sort of go back to my hometown Amsterdam after 12 years to be head of marketing actually for the team there and that all of a sudden for me became a very different experience from from the universal teams yeah I've experienced before I arrived in a very frustrated team, a, I was at the time I was I think 32 or something, so I was a bit like who's that 30 year old girl arriving all of a sudden and she's head of marketing and part of the senior management team. I was only surrounded by men 40 plus or 50 plus even and all of a sudden for the first time in my whole universal career I really felt like an outsider. Uh, which. It's not something I I was used to, even like if I go back to my childhood or whatever, I've never been an outsider. And all of a sudden I was this foreigner, even if I wasn't a foreigner, which was quite funny. So I was a foreigner in my own country. The culture I had was different. They had really like a nine to five working mentality. You know, I was used. I'm not saying that's good, but I was used to do whatever was what was needed. As I said, I, I was always very social, very you know, all of a sudden, everything you did was frowned upon. I felt like I was watched all the time. And unfortunately, I also didn't have anyone around me that was inspiring me anymore because it was a very different working culture. And as I said, people were frustrated because some people had, you know, they were not listened to, I think, actually, to be honest. Uh, and there was not really a coaching or management manager in in, in the building. Uh, also, not for me. So. At one point, uh, first of all, obviously, I wanted to change things and make things better. And then I realized it was really hard to change a, a mentality and a working culture that had been there for for a long time, especially because coming for me, they were not accepting it because they they always saw me as some, you know, this is going to sound really stupid, but some spy from the UK and France because I knew everyone. So... They had to be careful that I wasn't saying what they were really doing because they all had their secrets. And it was just this weird situation where you're just like, what Twilight Zone did I end up in? And and especially having had such great experiences with Universal around the world, I didn't. For me, it was just such a, but this is also Universal. Like, how is this possible And obviously, I did meet great people and I I ended up setting up my team. And, you know, I had amazing people on my team who have done really well now. And I'm so proud of them also. Uh, And I tried to stay close to myself. But at the same time, I lost myself because it was stressful all of a sudden. You know, uh, they kept on giving me work, more work, more work, more work. Business wasn't going so well. And at one point, it just became too much because... Even if I used, I was used to working hard in Paris or in London. I would get energy from it because of, you know, the job. I loved the job or the people around me. And now all of a sudden, I was in this situation where I just got drained. Like my energy got drained. And obviously, I'm, I'm a very sensitive person, and I'm very, can I feel emotions from other people? That's something I discovered afterwards, actually by by doing lots of coaching and and work on myself and also more bit of a spiritual work if i can say it that way and then you realize yeah you're actually a sponge also from what's happening around you and yeah it just became too much and i one day uh i came to the office and i could only cry and it wouldn't stop like for 24 hours i cried i cried and and i went to see my boss and i said "I, i i don't think i can do this anymore i need a break Um, So I took some time off thinking that would help. And then just the idea of getting back to the office all of a sudden became this whole thing. Just opening my emails became a thing and everything became this really heavy load. And I was just like confused. I didn't know who I was anymore. And I was, yeah, literally drained. And then I had to see a work doctor. And obviously I was diagnosed, if I can say it that way, with a burnout. Yeah. And then life becomes very strange because you also realize that yeah you've always how do you say I was always nurture from Universal and like my whole life and 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 like private life as well was all around the job I used to do and I used used to think that that was my story my story was my career you know my job my my etc yeah all of that and all of a sudden you realize well the job is gone now who am i and and what do i need to be happy and what do i want to do and sort of became a huge uh, emotional roller coaster (laughs) Uh, obviously a burnout is a crazy thing to live but everyone i know who had one will always say was the worst and the best thing could happen to me so then with universal it all went south unfortunately we decided to part ways there wasn't room for me we couldn't agree on anything anymore. I was frustrated with them, they got frustrated with me because they didn't know what to do with with how I was behaving because they just didn't understand. And then we decided to, to split our ways. But the strange thing is usually when you have a burnout, you get to enroll back into your job, which never happened for me because for me it was, I had my burnout and I left my job and all of a sudden I was without a job obviously working on myself, doing coaching, et cetera, et cetera, but I've never went back to the office and I never got back into this normal working life, if I can say it that way. Yeah, so then you're in this thing where you're depressed. The last thing you want to be doing is work (laughs) and you're confronted to, to who you are and all of a sudden all these things open up and you realize, what is important to me? What do I want to do? Um, and to get back to what I was saying earlier on, actually, one of the things my French boss actually said to me when, when he heard that I left Universal and et cetera, he said, well, if you, if you choose another job, make sure you like the people you work with because he says, that's how you try. He said, you're someone who's, who really needs to be surrounded by people that, that, you, that motivate you. And, and that's when you're at your best. Uh, because he obviously saw the whole switch from you know uk france to, to the netherlands job um and that's something that really stuck with me also and 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 that's where it gets more personal it's not only on a professional level you also realize that in your private life you have some people that, that are maybe really nice that are your friends but that maybe suck your energy or that yeah for some reason bring you down not on purpose but um yeah so you also sort of a sudden you just start to make your surroundings smaller which is, is not necessarily a bad thing but you start to appreciate good moments with some people even more because you realize this is where i get my energy from and this is what really makes me happy and you realize that with some people and it's not you know because they're bad persons i'm not saying that but just yeah, it's, just, it's an energy thing, if I can say it that way. It's just yeah, you're energy. just not
1: in alignment and that's what, you know, what happens. What I'm, what I'm hearing, and I think, you know, it might not be the, the, the most beautiful way to put it, but it's like somewhat that breakdown became a breakthrough in the sense that you started to discover what was important for you on a professional level. It's like, okay, if I take away all these sort of jazzy things that may come with a job title, what do I really care about here? What is the thing that is going to make me wake up every Monday and be like, "Yep, yeah, I'm willing to go into the office. I'm looking forward to doing what I'm about to do. But also in your personal life, you were then able to sort of identify, OK, who is the people that I want to be part of this next chapter of my life or my journey and why is it so so i think in a way this sort of hitting rock bottom made you discover your why made you discover your true essence as i know flair likes calling it
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's true and it's also i mean as i said personal and 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 professional is just realizing more well, yeah. who you are. Yeah, I thought like you had a bit of an awakening. Yeah, I had an awakening and I realized that also, it's also, you know, I'm also a bit of a people pleaser. I think everyone is one and it's even with stupid things where you were like saying yes to lots of things where actually you didn't, it didn't feel right within. And all of a sudden you start to listen not to your brain or to what other people think of you, or but more like what is my heart telling me? What, you know, if I listen to myself... What do I want to go to this birthday party? No, I'm exhausted. I don't want to go. Will someone miss me? No, they won't. But you feel bad because you think if I don't go, you know, and it's this whole, you know, that's a little example, like from a private life, but you sort of start to define in your private life and then also in your professional life. It's like, as you say, Lucia, where do I get my energy from? What do I feel like in in my core, like you know, I think intuition all of a sudden became a really important thing to me, and still today, and even now as a mom, mom's intuitions are the best, right? You know, you know, <laughs> you always know better <laughs> when your kid is sick or whatever, and the doctor says one thing, you're like, no, it's something else, and it's just this intuition, and that's what I mean when I said it of a more spiritual awakening in a sense, and you know, you can call it spiritual or whatever. But it's not that all of a sudden I believe in something, but it's more as I said, listening to what your body is saying to you, what what you feel inside, and that as a guidance will help you uh, with everything in life. And I think it should be your core motivator to make any choice.
2: Yeah, because I think what I'm hearing from your whole story, and thank you for sharing this beautiful story, you had a beautiful, alive spirit. And when there was people that were around you that Fed into that spirit and empowered you to be your best self. All that passion and energy, you could be enlightened. You could use it, but as soon as you were around people that didn't empower you, but they drained you, and you were more of a commodity. You were like a like you were t- treated like a computer who just keeps churning things out. It literally, it was like it put water on your flames and nothing could work anymore. And then I think you had to rise again, didn't you? You had to awaken to what is, why am I doing this? What is important to me? This has taken every bit of love and passion and energy I have for a job. And like you said, it made you question everything. What is important to me? You know, what do I really want? And I don't think we actually get to that sometimes until we hit a bad spot because we have to question. When all those things around us are not externally making us happy, we have to go internally. And I feel that you went internally then and then you get more conscious. You said you started questioning, should I go to this party? Is it something I really want to do? Are these the friends I really want to be around? When you go internal, you really question, you're conscious, aren't you? You're really mindful of what's important to you. So I think that's such an important message for our audience
0: Yeah, you, you summed it really well and I think also that it makes life more beautiful when you start doing that in every sense because you appreciate the good moments you really appreciate them and all of a sudden they, they are, in, as I said, in your whole body and you can feel it and, and then happiness also takes an, another level because, it, yeah, it's not blurred it's it's real in a way
2: you're not looking for it outside yourself, are you? You're not, no, not looking at it from no. the job, you're not looking at it from the, the clothes you wear, you're not looking at it from the food you eat or the drinks that you drink. It's it's real, like you said, it comes from within. So I think I know you've gone through something really hard, and I can imagine it was it was terrible at the time, but it sounds like like Lucia said, you went you broke down but went through a breakthrough to what's you know what really lights up your soul, your essence, your spirit, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, Good and I do energy. want to say to the listeners, it didn't happen uh, very quickly. Yeah, huh? you know, it, <laughs> 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 it took some some years and some uh, yeah, a lot of self-reflections, a lot of confrontations, a lot of pain, but uh, yeah, with with nice results. But it's it's you know, if this happens to you, you have to go through it, and it's a long journey. And I and I think even the burnout even today is still present in a way, but I feel it when it's coming and. I know how to deal with it. I know when it's time to, again, you know, sometimes you lose yourself again, which is normal. We're all human. And yeah, so I think the main giveaway I want to give if anyone is coping with a burnout today, is just let it all happen and don't be Angry with yourself if, if even you think things are going well and you're back at square one all of a sudden it's just uh, it's a real roller coaster. I think life is a roller coaster anyway yeah, that's... <laughs> but,
2: uh... yeah that self-compassion though, I think you just said it you know don't be, be kind to yourself. that self-compassion when you're going through something difficult. I always see it as you're going through a dark tunnel, you can't see any light but you just keep taking those steps mm. and eventually you get back to you know more light. But thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that story because I know that there will be lots of our listeners are going through a really dark patch and they can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And I think you're giving them that inspiration that, yes, it's hard, but it does get better.
0: It always
2: does. That kind
1: of leads on to our last question, which I guess if you can sum up in in one sentence hint we can give you a paragraph but how have you made your life better
0: in one in one sentence oh my god well I think then I would say by listening to my intuition uh, accepting my inner voice more than what the outside world is wanting or saying to me Uh, and that if you start doing that then all of a sudden lots of things become very clear and it will guide you. It, I mean, I think it's your best guidance is your your heart, if I can say it that way. Listen to your heart. It sounds a bit corny, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's this thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. No one can explain mm-hmm. it to you. No one can tell you what it is, but it's just this feeling you have. And every time I didn't listen to it, something went wrong or I lost myself or whatever. And so it's always getting back to that inner... Yeah, inner strength, inner yeah, intuition. I would say. Yeah,
1: which is beautifully put, and I think you know the chat today shows that you are a living example of how yeah.
0: that actually
2: yeah. pays off. I like to call it
0: your inner knowing, isn't it? Yeah, inner knowing—that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with family life and with everything. Uh, the person you fall in love with, listen to what I only know
2: because I've had to find it very many times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but i mean once you you really listen to or or, you know to what what your body and everything is saying when you meet someone and it's also even for for friends or whatever it's just as i said and then you start enjoying things more because you're surrounded by people who give you this who also maybe you know think with their heart or whatever it's just this whole yeah i think energy and then positivity comes out of it and I think and we're often a lot of times we're thinking too much in oh what are they gonna think of me or what does society want from me or whatever and it's I think the trick is of letting and it's I'm not saying I'm never thinking that anymore, but it's trying to uh, you find ignore. it
1: easier to go back to the path in a way, I think, because you've done the work to actually get to know yourself so you can fine tune those things, and I think like you know it's like playing a guitar right it can go off off keep but now you've got the tools to kind of get it back in sync. I'm not a musician, hence why I budged the, the terms, but hopefully you got it. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, but also what I said before, I think everyone is at their best when they're their true self. And, and, and that's professionally and, and personally, but uh, if we go back to working life, I was at my best when I could be my true self. And, and as soon as, as you said, Fleur, when people started to constrain that, I lost myself. So I think my key takeaway, actually, if I would rephrase it, is maybe always try to be yourself, even if, you know, it's not always easy in society, whatever. But I think that's the key to unlocking great potential.
2: Mm, I totally agree. And that's what we're trying to teach the corporations that we go into, that allow everyone to live in their values, their strengths, and you'll get optimal working from a very good human being instead of trying to mould everyone to be a commodity so thank you so much for that message and I hope it gives other people the strength that are listening to trust that inner knowing and that it will it will guide them to a better place it will Nodjat, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been
1: a beautiful conversation. I'm sure, as I was saying, plenty of people listening to us will find comfort and inspiration in your story. So thank you so much for sharing it, being so open and, and vulnerable. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you for having me, girls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And to all of you listening, uh, thank you very much for joining us one more week. Thank you for tuning in. If you find our content interesting, please leave a comment, leave a review, share with anything you think may benefit from from listening to our stories and those of our guests. Uh, Subscribe because it will update you on when we send out a new episode so you don't miss out and also help us, you know, getting more visible. So please do share the love. Tune in next week as we bring you more inspiration all stories and once more thank you not jeff for being with us thanks everyone for tuning in we'll see you soon